The Digital Gumbo Podcast contains language that some may find offensive. Listener discretion is advised. Well, now we're done with that shit. Let's start the show. For the victory lap, though. Whoa, whoa. They ain't never seen nothing like this before. Lit the room when I came through the front door. Ask me if I should suffer, come. What for? Train in the trees, please. What my sycamore? Damn, I don't know where you live, but the fireworks been going off since June 19th, and they continue on a nightly basis. Welcome in. You're listening to the Digital Gumbo Podcast. Thanks so much for joining us. My name is Nookie Bishop Jr., joined as always by my co-host, T. Petty and Adrice Elbow. T. Petty, they still got them firecrackers going off your way? You know what? Surprisingly, they don't. Uh, you know, normally they on some fuck shit. And the fireworks go off continually from June 1st until October 31st. But I haven't heard anything since the 4th. So hopefully I didn't just jinx myself. But it's been all quiet on the Western Front over here. Now they they showed some fireworks that was in a truck at the beach and it blew up prematurely like at 10 o'clock in the damn morning. And I did to, see that. They had to cancel the fireworks for the... <laughs> Wait, did you see when the, the D.C. police were uh, trying to detonate some fireworks and end up fucking up everybody's cars on the street? I did see that. So, yeah. Uh, what? Yeah. They got to, I don't know, they got to leave that, them fire sources. And if they get them, they need to seize them a batch at a time. Don't store them all in one truck. <laughs> Boom! That's, that's what's going to happen. Man, I, 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 bet the, I bet the police bomb squad hate the fire. I know they do. Because like, we got to go blow up these fireworks. These people to mishandle. Yeah, I don't know if that was like, clearly that wasn't like a special bomb handling truck. It looked like just a regular like meat wagon. And mm-hmm. it blew the doors off of but it and that, everything. That, that's what the yeah, problem it, was. They didn't have well, now no they specialists. Gonna owe somebody some cars because those cars on that street got fucked up. Damn, Dries Elbow, my main man, my brother. What to do? Uh, any explosions uh, down your way? Fireworks or otherwise? Well, y'all know I'm in Baltimore, <laughs> and so yeah, we got fireworks down here. All kind of fireworks. Some of them illegal <laughs> as well. So uh, we definitely had had a lot going off down here. But it's it's been good. It's been it was a good Fourth of July weekend. Um, I actually moved moved, you know, not too far, a couple of miles pew, down pew, the pew. road. Okay. But it was hot. It was, it hot. was hot. Let me tell you, it was 95, 98 degrees. It was right before the weekend, the 4th of July weekend. And both our cars ran hot. Oof. Both Oof. of them overheated. It's like, I'm, I'm tired of this. I ain't carrying no more boxes. <laughs> they just say, I'm stopping. Well, are y'all back on the road? No, 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 no. We 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 still here. We're gonna we're gonna do some traveling a little bit, but we were so tired after the move. We was like we ain't going nowhere else. No, I meant like are your cars so. back on the road? Oh, oh, like one okay. is back on the road now. You know my wife is back that. on the road. That's that's the priority. <laughs> now mine, it it, it, it just you depends. Could, you gotta get out there with that duct tape and do what you do. Hey, That's believe right. me, I, I I was trying to do it. I was I was trying to duct tape it up, but it's like, <laughs> no, it ain't gonna work this time. <laughs> Damn. Well, I'm glad y'all got moved in. Uh, you know, I did have to send out uh, an SOS text to to my girl just to make sure she was good, and also to make sure that if she'd murdered you in the course of the move, that uh, me it, it almost happened. Me a couple and of times. A, the third musketeer, you know who we're talking about, our girl from Chicago. Making sure that uh oh yeah y'all y'all would be burying absolutely my body we had to make yeah. sure that she had her alibi tight <laughs> but uh she said that you were still alive so we didn't have to come up there and do a little rescue there it is there it is yeah uh, well thank you thank you for following no problem <laughs> that's right moves can be uh traumatic and uh glad y'all moved in bro so uh congratulations congratulations thank all you. right listen let's no problem man all right, y'all, let's get into this pod. Uh, subject 1A, Surfside, Florida. Your boy was actually in the Sunshine State when this happened. June 24th, the condominium complex collapsed partially at 1.30 in the morning, and they just uh, put out another announcement as to what was happening with the building. Uh, another 18 bodies were found, so a total of uh, 54 have now been declared dead. Um, 86 people are still missing. 
Um, they had uh, some rain and wind come in prior to Tropical Storm Elsa, which made the building unsafe. Uh, then uh, they had to shut down operations for a little bit. They totally uh, collapsed the building, demolished it, imploded it. And uh, it's uh, just now a, uh, uh, a search uh, operation at this point. Um, saw the videos over and over. Couldn't believe that, uh, you know, something like that could, uh, you know, happen, um, you know, in the, in the United States. We generally see this happen elsewhere. All those becoming more and more frequent worldwide. So I'm going to pass the baton to you, to T-Petty. Your thoughts on Surfside. And, and before I do that, I want to say uh, rest in peace uh, to the victims um, and also want to give, um, you know, our hearts uh, extended out uh, to the families of the victims. Something very, very uh, unexpected, very, very sad. And, um, you know, we hope some good can come out of it, but, um, you know, still 86 people unaccounted for at this point. Yeah, so I saw that video, I believe on Instagram, um, like the, you know, when we woke up the morning after it happened, it was surreal. It looked like a, um, it looked like a controlled demolition, right? So a full-blown tragedy all the way around. Um, but I think it speaks to a larger issue of infrastructure throughout the US and how loose these laws and regulations are. So I did a little bit of research, you know your girl. And apparently once a building has been built you know, the developer is out of there and is turned over to um, the condo board. They are the ones that are responsible. Like these inspections happen on a very infrequent basis. Like they were up for some kind of renewal or certification after 40 years. The building was 40 years old. So they had some, um, some engineers come in and take a look at some of the issues that were happening in the garage, like chunks of the concrete were falling off of the supports. Um, it was constantly flooding. People were reporting hearing weird creaking noises when other construction was going on nearby. So the warning signs were there, but people just didn't want to spend the money to do what they needed to do to ensure the safety of the building with tragic results. And I think we will continue to see that both in the private sector with like these condo boards and stuff and then nationwide because obviously we can't get a fucking infrastructure bill passed and people think that this stuff is just going to sustain itself with no money put into it after it's initially built so it's just a tragedy that could have been avoided and i don't know if somebody going to jail or hell but they need to because this was entirely preventable or both T. Petty. Right. Absolutely. Yeah, Dries. Um, again, as I said, 1.30 in the morning, there were reports that um, people were parking in the parking garage around the time right before the building collapsed and there was a buildup of water in the parking garage. So just, um, just the worst time that it could happen, man, and just really catastrophic uh, events there at Surfside. Yeah, yeah. My heart goes out to everybody kind of connected to this and involved in it. And, you know, we, we definitely want to recognize like, you know, the victims, you know, because they, they ultimately they, they lost their lives in this of something that should have been prevented, um, could have been prevented. Um, but also it's making me think a lot about the survivors, right? Those folks who survived that. And I heard a couple of stories and it was just um, it was just shocking to hear. Um, you know, one guy said he was going out to take the trash out and his parents like lived down the hall and he stepped out out the door and he didn't see anything. And he came back in. And he told his wife, like, the apartment's not there. Like my parents apartment is not there. It just disappeared. So it's just kind of heart wrenching. Um, you know, you had different families there and, and loved ones, but I also heard, too, that even after the initial crash of the portion of the building, right, people were still living in the building, right? People were still living in the building. And I, and I thought about it, it's like, how did they let those folks go back into that building? And I almost had to stop myself and say, like, that, you know, that's their home. 
right? So if someone just kind of, you know, we just move, so we have an attachment to our home, but someone just said, you have to leave your home and never come back to it again. I know that would be hard for folks, but you had folks still going into that building with the possibility of it collapsing. And eventually they just said, nobody, no one else can go into this building. You just have to get your stuff and you can't go in it anymore. But my heart goes out to everybody connected to this one. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I just got three quick points on this and, you know, just uh, being down there and it was on the news cycle heavy, not only in, um, you know, um, national media, but down uh, in Sunshine State as well. One, uh, it is a case of money, right? So the deal is, is that a lot of seniors and folks on fixed incomes live in these condos. They've inherited them or bought them and outright. But they're saying that the average condo in South Florida needs about $80,000 of repairs. So you think that you're living in a space, you pay for it if you're on a fixed income and then coming off the heels of, uh, you know, the pandemic, um, people don't have $80,000 to even start to make repairs, you know, on, on their individual units. The building's age, 40 plus years, also comes into play. And then, you know, um, again, it's uh, owned by the, the co-op board, the condominium board. So um, you can just imagine that a lot of seniors and folks on fixed incomes might not have the uh, money to go ahead and get things uh, repaired. Two, now eighty grand is a lot of money for anybody. For anybody, I want to. I want to come back to this point in a second. Sure. Continue. Sure. Two, uh, your boy might act like a heathen, but I do know the word Matthew seven and twenty four. The wise man built his house upon the rock. The foolish man built his house upon the sand. So T. Petty made reference to the concrete, that there are initial reports that the concrete was built to absorb water and not built at a slope to drain water. Water is very corrosive. The continents at one time were together and separated by other forces, but including water as well. So you um, have water that can get into concrete, um, that can get into the rebar, which is inside the concrete, that may turn out to be a determining factor um, in terms of um, you know what's going on. And then third, you know we run with STEM people, science, technology, engineering, and math. Um, it's just not a sustainable thing in terms of building buildings of this size or really any size on sand. Um, a lot of folks are saying that some of the buildings in the Middle East, while they might have uh, some great engineering, that the world is just not built to have large buildings and, and other structures on them in sand. So, um, you know, we'll see what happens as far as a report is concerned. That's not goal number one at this point, and it will come out. There'll be some monumental changes, I think, across the United States in terms of buildings uh, built surfside. But um, again, just sad all the way around and just, uh, you know, just three of the factors that, uh, you know, um, I thought about as uh, I saw that uh, tape play out and, and the, uh, uh, survivor mission or rescue mission taking place there at Surfside. Uh, I want to go back to your point about <clears throat> having the money to do these these repairs. So this was not, if people are not familiar, this is not a run-of-the-mill kind of community. Like we all make good salaries. We couldn't afford to live there. Like we're talking like seven million dollar condos, um, well up to seven million dollars. So was everybody in that building a millionaire? No. Um, were people in that building of means? I would say yes. So this has to go. Like the condo board is the ones that are voting and making decisions on assessments that have to be. Um, Div, you know, divvied up between all of the units. They all have to take responsibility, right? People aren't renting these, people are, are buying them. So I would like to know, like that report from that engineer about the dangers that were, um, that could have been encountered was more than three years old. So it makes you wonder, not just in that particular building, which has met this catastrophic end, but other buildings around this entire country. What kind of assessments are these condo boards putting off, right? What kind of oversight is happening? Like, is it just left up to these lay people who have to make sort of these decisions about, well, 
I have this lifestyle, you know, I, my bills are paid, but um, the average cost per unit to do these structural repairs is going to be ten, fifteen, fifty thousand dollars. And at what point do people make decisions based on safety versus how much things cost? I think a lot of condo boards are asking themselves these questions. They got to be. Yeah, they have to be. And uh, oh, you better yeah. believe they. Everybody's talking about this. If you're a part of a condo board now, this is going to be the conversation that you're having. So this is going to set a national kind of yeah. precedent. And you know, the the folks who were there, they've already, you know, started the lawsuit, right? Absolutely. Against the condo board. And mm -hmm. they also said, we're going to keep it open to naming other folks too, you know, yep. up, up until like city officials and, and politicians too, depending on who, who knew what, when. So mm -hmm. it's going to, it's a wake up call for everybody. It's a tragedy. It's, it's unfortunate, beyond fortunate that, beyond unfortunate that it took something like this for people to start like really paying attention to yeah. the, the shambles that our infrastructure is in both um, in private industry, like a house just collapsed in DC, um, like a day or two after this happened, a house that was under construction. Um, so people going to have some questions to answer. Absolutely. You better believe around the country, um, you know, folks are making those inspections. And even in this case with Surfside, they had warnings years and even as early as three days before the building collapsed. Um, so be a lot of records that's going to be pulled. And like you said, Drees, be some changes nationwide and there'll be some lawsuits. And my thing is, is that, um, you know, I hope that this uh, prevents uh, another Surfside from happening, even though this one is happening right now. But um, all the warning signs uh, were there. Unfortunately, you know, those uh, in charge and overseeing the building did not uh, take heed. And again, our hearts go out to the victims uh, of the families. Um, I'm going to transition a little bit, uh, Dries. So I did not have this on my bingo card for 2021. Bill Cosby's sexual assault conviction was overturned by the Pennsylvania Supreme Court, and he is a free man. Uh, a lot of reaction um, on both sides of the ledger in terms of him being released from jail. But Bill Cosby is free, man. Did you see this one coming? No, I did not. Matter of fact, when we did our show, it was a couple of shows ago. If you go back to it, uh, we was talking about um, Bill Cosby not wanting to go to them classes for like, you know, sex abusers. Mm -hmm. And and I said then, I was like, he is guilty, but he acting like he innocent. And and because he acting like that, he's going to be in there forever. And turn around the next week, they let him go on a technicality. They let him go on a technicality. And so I was shocked when I saw that I was, I was really shocked by that. And um, it is, you know, it is just full of so many different things, right? This is a, an issue around um, um, like law and justice and what it means. And folks are falling on different sides of it, right? Like some folks feel like Cosby got a bum rap and now he's free, like that was good. Other folks felt like, you know, he admitted to doing a crime and he was where he was supposed to be. Um, but the the law and the justice system failed. So this was like, I didn't see this one coming up. Yeah, Dries, I did not uh, see this one uh, coming as well. I got a text uh, alert text on my phone. I was like, what? I was like, wow. So that one uh, totally came out of uh, left field. Uh, T. Petty, I know that your thoughts are, are many on this. So your thoughts on uh, Bill Cosby being released? That motherfucker. <sighs> I would like to say that I'm surprised, but I live in this country. I'm never surprised by the bullshit that goes down. It just goes to show that, like this wouldn't have happened if he didn't have money because he had the lawyers and the resources to go and file these bullshit as appeals and briefs and whatever the hell they did to get to this point. And it's just a slap in the face. It's worse than that to the 50 plus women that we know of that he sexually assaulted, let alone all the ones who have not yet had the courage to come forward. And who can fucking blame them? 
They come forward, they get dragged through the mud, they get called groupies and hoes and all kind of bullshit. They go through the indignity of a trial, the circus surrounding that, only for him to be released. Like, why? Can we blame people for not wanting to come forward? Absolutely not. He is completely unrepentant. All the people caping for him disgust me. I was disturbed. Uh, upset is probably not the right word, but I was, I was a little pissed off at uh, Felicia Rashad and her response. I actually didn't see, now that did surprise me. I didn't see her just coming out and blatantly saying that what happened to him was an injustice. Like, give me a goddamn break. I'm just disgusted by everybody and everything surrounding this. So my heart goes out to the women who were brave enough to uh, bring him to justice. And even though this fuck ass result um, has come about, their bravery should not be discounted. Yeah, Felicia Rashad, a dean now with Howard University in the Fine Arts Department. And um, yep. you know she took some backlash there. I believe she did. As issue, she should have. Issued an apology. She did. Um, so it's right so like uh this is like the perfect example of how like black people don't fit in one box right it's like the cosby uh overturning of the verdict aside right like um she's a, a friend of his and a co-worker and played his wife on tv and you know dare i say that you know if if you or i or someone we know is in the same situation you know i i don't know how i would react to uh, a uh, situation uh. Um, you know, you have, so it's like the OJ verdict, right? Very complicated. You weren't cheering that OJ Simpson was not found guilty. Oh, what yeah, you were doing, not at all. What you were doing is cheering the brilliance of the late great Johnny Cochran and the team that was able to be assembled to, you know, stick it to the judicial system and the police um, and, and, and mount a great defense. So, um, you know, older Americans, again, they've seen some things, you know, before our time and know that there are cases where, um, you know, people of color are, are jailed. And I'm not talking about sexual assault, again, just in terms of just general uh, treatment by people of color in the criminal justice system, where there are unjust verdicts and people kept in jail that way. Um, some older Americans, you know, were happy to, to see him free. So, you know, again, in the, port, in the court of public opinion, he's going to be guilty by half, if not more, than folks that come across. But the other folks, again, like I always say, with any trial, you can, it's a 50-50 shot. You may be guilty and found not guilty or vice versa. But, um, you know, the court of public opinion is going to stick with uh, Bill Cosby until his last day. So it's going to be very interesting to see uh, what happens from here. Um, again, in terms of uh, the victims that he has here, there's a double jeopardy sort of a claim at stake right now. So um, it's, it's, it's complicated, right? Like it's, it's not an open and shut case. Um, you know, again, it is a technicality. It was overturned and just a very, very complicated thing. So people are still upset that it was overturned. Um, and um, again, um, the final chapter hasn't been written on this, I, I don't think. But again, just stunning. Uh, to get that text saying that the, um, you know, the uh, Pennsylvania Supreme Court had overturned it and he was free. I did not have that on the bingo card. Let me ask y'all y'all this, Nook, Nook and T. Patty, because this is uh, this is an active de debate and I'm having it with myself too, right? All right. So we know like R. Kelly is in jail of like for sex crimes, right? Bill Cosby was in jail for sex crime, right? Now, Folks, stop listening, stop listening to R. Kelly music. And I was one of them. So I was like, oh, R. Kelly, like, you know, I, I like his music. I listen to it. And the more stuff that came out and the more I thought about it and the more women who I talked to, I said, like, okay, I'm going to stop listening to R. Kelly, right? Now, when it comes to Bill Cosby, people still watching the, the Cosby show, Different World, Fat Albert, all that. Right. Some people are having that debate, but folks feel like it's different somehow. And I know in my mind, I've been wrestling with it. And, and the, the, the way I'm kind of following with it, just to let y'all know, is that um, like R. Kelly, a lot of his music was like expressing some of the crimes he did. 
So it still kind of feels like weird. So like that, that, that feels different to me. But it is like this debate people are having, like, should you be watching the Cosby shows and stuff? And people's like, no, I can distinguish between the artist and the man. But that is a debate. So how do y'all feel about that? Yeah, I mean, I I still will watch Cosby show when it comes on. You know, when all this went down, they took him off uh, Nick at Night or whatever the hell it is. I don't even watch cable TV, but I know they're taking him off and all a lot of his shows and whatnot. In fact, there's a very famous um, uh, eatery in downtown in in DC, and uh, Bill Cosby was uh, associated with the eatery, and uh, they painted over the mural uh, once the verdict came down. So I'll still watch Cosby show, but. Um, yeah, it, you know, that moment in time now, right? That snapshot in the 80s and one of the greatest TV shows ever um, and a different world uh, as well, um, as opposed to now, you know, what happened, um, you know, 2018, the conviction and so on and so forth in his jail time, that snapshot as well. It's, it, it's two different points in time, but, you know, it's all what strings and, and comes together. Am I watching the Cosby show? Yes. But, um, you know, just as, um, you know, something that you think about while you may be watching an episode of The Cosby Show. So for me, two things. I want to go back to something you said, Nook, about um, people having relationships with specifically Bill Cosby, but you see this as any kind of sex offender. And my thing is this. Someone can be perfectly lovely to you but that don't mean he wasn't a piece of shit to somebody else. So you can't discount and disparage their experience just because he didn't abuse you. He's an abuser. He just didn't happen to abuse you. But what about these other 50 or 60 women? So I always say that when people want to say, well, he couldn't be a rapist because he didn't rape me. Well, bitch, he's not going to rape everybody he sees. Sorry. Okay. Um, to your point, or your question, Dries. Um, so the R. Kelly thing was cut and dry for me. Like, even though, let's be clear, 12 play, classic, start to finish, like perfect album, album of my like teenage years, loved it. But when all that stuff started coming out, all I could think about was he was singing to somebody that was my daughter's age, like 12, 13 years old. So, I had to cut that tangle eye fool off, like, ill, disgusting. Um, Cosby Show for me was a bit more nuanced, although I can't really put my finger on why. I will say that it took me years to, to watch either Cosby Show or Different World again, like years. And I started watching again, I think last year during the Rona, and was just getting to the point where like, okay, this doesn't feel nauseating. But now I think I'm back to not watching again. I just, ugh, I don't know. It's, it's easier to separate the artist from the art with, with Cosby to me. Um, but now with this, it just feels disgusting again. And so I just, I can't do it. But I think we would have to have that reckoning with like artists that we all love, like yes. Marvin Gaye, for yeah. example. Yeah. yeah, I think that's the bigger question, right? It's like, yeah, yeah. Where, where does that line kind of fall? And T. Petty, I think you're right. Like people, like you vacillate with it, right? It's it's not like mm-hmm. you're you like you you land at a place, but that doesn't mean you're gonna stay there always, right? So it's this constant evolving thing. Oh, except for R. Kelly. Fuck him from now until the end of time. Never again. Listen, never fucking again. R. Kelly, I listen to a lot of R. Kelly, and I haven't listened to R. Kelly in years now. And it is it is because of that. It's that you know some things you just have to say like, yeah, I I wanted to, but like I shouldn't, and I'm not. (laughs) But then you have to wonder all the songs that he wrote and produced. Cause then you branching out into oh yeah like that's I a lot, lot, lot of stuff that's a lot that. of stuff yeah it is um and like I know some of the stuff that he wrote and or produced for and so I'm not going out of my way to listen to it but I don't turn it off when it comes yeah, it's on. there yeah but that there. fool like I banned him from all of my streaming music I I don't listen again even though classic 
He's mm. extremely talented, but mm-mm. no, no, sir, and no, ma'am. I See, can't do it. This is hard because uh, uh, Girlfriend by B2K, the remix came on the box the other day. I'm going down 495, <laughs> blasting it. That Did is the jam. The <laughs> but on the, whatever box is there. What the hell? That's in the, that's in the remix. <laughs> yeah, I think everybody sort of comes to peace with um, peace with that like i i don't i'm not gonna say like fuck you if you listen to r kelly but where i draw the line is if you are then like okay defending like that is a immediate cutoff for me like listening to his music i mean i don't do it but i'm not gonna crucify you if you do but t Patty, i i i will like i'll be negotiating with myself sometimes like when he when he finally got arrested and he was in jail it's like i wonder if i can listen to the music now because he in no. jail that is <laughs> disgusting I, it's like because <laughs> if you think about it that stuff he's talking about seems like you're ready he was singing to somebody who is yeah approximately yeah. the age of of your beloved mm. Think about that. Yeah, I, like I can't 12, listen to that line. Year old. Like, you know, my 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 mind's telling me no, but my body's telling me yes. Like I can't, I can't listen to that no more. If you listen to it, it's Rapey McRaperson all the way through. Bangers, but it's a no for me. True. Um, gonna switch up a little bit. T Petty, you uh earn eighteen hundred and sixty-five points. <laughs> Again, what about yes. this time? Nicole Hannah Jones, journalist, investigative reporter for the New York Times. We talked about her, applied for tenure at the University of North Carolina, Chapel Hill. Mm -hmm. They punted on it, said that they had to consider um, and take some time to consider her tenure. Uh, They went ahead and approved it after they did their little show uh, and tell dance or whatever it is after they met. And I'm sure somebody told them who the hell that they was dealing with. Nicole Hannah-Jones has said, "Mm, thanks, bye, to the University of North Carolina, uh, Chapel Hill, and instead has been uh, given tenure and will teach at Howard University. Ma'am, the the Mecca. That's right. The real HU. Uh, Ma'am, the floor is yours. Go ahead. Let the record show. Well, first, that was a benign retelling of the facts. They didn't just punt. Those motherfuckers, like the the person whose name is on the journalism school where she would have been teaching and also the biggest donor to the school was lobbying people behind the scenes and they just declined to even consider her package for tenure. Only after pressure for weeks from the alumni, from current students, from faculty, from everybody did they relent and they still only voted nine to four. Mm. So Mm -hmm. I said, maybe in our group chat, maybe on this, I don't know, that she should tell them to suck her dick from the back, tenure or not, and go somewhere else. And that is precisely what she did. Go where you're celebrated, not tolerated. So thanks to racism, UNC has lost out on one of their most distinguished alumni, well-respected, Pulitzer Prize winning journalist. Pulitzer. um, Yes. Because of some fuck-ass racism. Mm, mm, mm. So goodbye, UNC. And she wrote a very eloquent statement. So if you haven't read that, or haven't read that, Lord have mercy, I need to go to her class. Oh, you sound like me, T. Betty. If you haven't read (laughs) that, you definitely should. It's probably, well, for me, it was like a five-minute read. So... Go I'm, I'm and a double that your, for me. I'm a double that for Maybe me. triple that, bro. Yeah, I might triple, <laughs> might triple it. I'd have to take a little break to read that. <laughs> but it's, it's an excellent statement where she articulated her reasons why she told them to kiss her ass and why she was going to Howard. Like, she really details it. Um, and I didn't even realize that they didn't even have the courtesy of telling her that they weren't even going to consider it, consider mm-hmm. tenure for her. Like, the woman had rented an apartment in North Carolina because, you know, she's based in New York. She works for the New York Times. Right. Um, And she didn't want to bring negative publicity to the university. So she just went ahead and signed the the letter to be that, to do that five-year thing 
um, untenured, despite the fact that everybody else who was a night chair at the university was tenured. Of course, they were all white. So she, she ran down the whole story, which made what they did even worse. So kudos to her. Girl, you don't have to go there and be fighting uphill the whole time. Fuck them. See, that's very classy because I wouldn't have even wasted no keystrokes on them. I would have sent them like a very crude stick drawing. It would have been like UNC Chapel Hill with like a red line through it. <laughs> then me in the middle and then me going to D.C. With like, some with bags. Exactly. Bags right. and with, HU, with an H.U. sweatshirt on and then me waving by. So um, that is uh, very, very classy. Drees, um, UNC loses. Howard wins. Listen, let, let me tell you this. And I, I'm saying this to all institutions right now, right? Like we are in a time where things are shifting and they're shifting dramatically. And if you are an institution and you're going to be an education institution that, are, that is educating students for this new world, you need folks like her, right? Like that mm. is something that you need. She don't need y'all. Y'all need her in order to accomplish y'all mission. And this is where institutions get in trouble. They slow to react, right? And sometimes they, they react in the opposite way of their best long-term interests. And I think you're gonna see, see, a, see a lot of this happening where folks are gonna say like, my expertise, my knowledge, what I have to offer the world and other people, I can take that anywhere. And so a UNC Chapel Hill, right, where it, it may have held some cachet at some point with a certain group of folks, right? Like that's shifting now. And if they're not careful, they're going to miss out on the talent that's necessary to make them a top university in this country. So I, I applaud her for, for, for going to Howard, um, taking her expertise where it's, it's wanted and needed and where it's appreciated. So you and UNC, I don't, I don't even feel bad for you because it's like you did it to yourself. Oh, hell no. You, you, you did it to yourself. So mm -mm, mm -mm. no, um, we like I said on the uh, podcast when we discussed this initially, I was saying sometimes it's a blessing in disguise, and it turned out to be a blessing for mm -hmm. Howard University. So everything's just, you know what. Um, things like, um, like sometimes in life, I make decisions, not because something is tough, right? But if you know that you got expertise, whatever, the whole nine yards and that your resume is tight, it really don't take a lot of decision for, you know, people to go ahead and just go ahead and, um, green light something or, you know, science, when you, when they make you start to jump through hoops, that's when I just turn around and say, fuck it. Like, it's like, not that it's not that hard. And then as nope. soon as you, as soon as you, not that hard. That first door closes, that's when that other door opens up. So there it is to everybody. So if you, if they make you jump through all these hoops and all that stuff, and you know what you bring to the table, know your worth. Yep. Double it. Yep. And if they can't get with the program, then fuck them. I mean, that's as yeah. simple as, as, as it needs to be. And uh, your boy Facts. arrest the case on that. Exactly. So congratulations. I have, uh, I have to, something else. Yes, ma'am. Um, when Dries is talking about these decisions that these universities are making, mm -hmm. um, when you take a look at their, well, for public universities, their funding is controlled by who? State legislatures. State legislatures are controlled by who? These fuck-ass Republicans, by and large, all across the country. So Democrats slash liberals, whatever, their failure to to advocate at the local level is what is leading to some of this stuff that we're seeing today. In addition to that, um, these schools are making decisions based on their donors. So if you have some billionaire, millionaire donor giving you tens of millions of dollars, is anybody gonna have the guts to say, fuck your money because you are racist? And, and T. Petty, why are you playing? That's, that's, that's the reason why they decided not to bring it up. Cause I know it was somebody oh, yeah. on, on, on the board was saying like, that's controversial right now. That's 1619 project and this it, critical race yeah. theory. They talking about top donor. We, yeah, that's we, we, exactly who it was. Yeah, we, we don't need to touch that right now. That's, that's, that's too hot. Let's just like not make a decision on it. Right. And you see what happened, 
right there. Well, and now look, they made a controversy much bigger. Yep, because they they get they didn't approach it right. Like they they didn't recognize it for what it was, mm -hmm. and and like we're we're shifting and thinking about the world differently now and institutions who kind of run and stick their head in the sand they're gonna they, they're gonna be left behind this is a perfect example of it R yep, ridiculous not but, only yeah go ahead Nick. no i was just gonna say this is this is very ridiculous that a they didn't bring it up right somebody has to have the intestinal fortitude let's say say no we're not gonna adjourn without voting on this if we lose um whitey so-and-so the big mega donor <laughs> we got the biggest one of the richest mega donors in the world michael jeffrey jordan and if we need to you know go and put our you know pass the hat or whatever we need to do and say boom bam bip boopity bip so be it. And, uh, you know, Whitey uh, Smith Jr., whoever he is out there with the big money, he just would have had to just go on about his way. And sorry, pal, we couldn't do any business. But this, like you said, these uh, boards, school boards, et cetera, from the local level all the way up, just scared to just speak truth to power. And I, I just don't like this, this weakening of America when the lives of, um, you know, uh, students at public universities, public schools in general are, um, you know, really um, at stake. Uh, very, very, very weak. I'm sorry to interrupt you, sis. Go ahead. No, um, I was just going to say, you're talking about these institutions being left behind. So not only in this particular case, did they not get Nicole Hannah-Jones and all the backlash around that, there have been other professors who have been offered positions or tenure at UNC who were like, I see how you're treating this Black woman. Why the hell mm -hmm. would I come there? So they're losing exactly. that. Not to mention students who are also seeing the fuck shit for what it is and like, I don't want to go Who wants to go either. to a backward university like that? Nobody want to go there. <laughs> plenty of people, but uh, not the caliber of people we're talking about. And then I would also like to say that in addition to um, Nicole Hannah-Jones starting at Howard, uh, Ta-Nehisi Coates is also starting. So they'll both be teaching in the School of Journalism there. So Howard has uh, landed some superstars. Shit, I need to put my application in for grad school at Howard. Hey, I've been to homecoming enough times. I might, yeah. you know, I might qualify. <laughs> That's what's up. As Shit, a student. <laughs> That's what's up. Okay. All right. All right. That's what's up. Um, Drees, uh, this is also a very complicated issue. Shakiri Richardson, sprinter, the world's fastest woman, tested positive for marijuana. She was kicked off the 100 meter. She will not compete in the Olympics in the 100 meter dash. And inexplicably was the coaches did not select her for the four by 100 meter relay uh, for the Olympics. So she tested positive for marijuana. Um, her biological mother had just passed away and she said that she, um, you know, smoked marijuana or she came, the, the test came up positive for THC and um, she um, smoked marijuana to help her deal with the pain of the loss of her mother. And now she will not, at least at this point in the taping of this show, um, compete in the Olympics. There are um, peti a petition uh, that has gone out, uh, some 800,000 signatures strong uh, electronic signature strong, calling for the IOC, uh, USADA, and other uh, Olympic governing bodies to allow her to compete. So very much in flux, the uh, Olympics start July 27th. Um, what's your reaction to A, the positive test, and then B, her being left off the Olympic team, not once, but twice? You know, so if, I might be mistaken on this, but ain't we legal in like a third of this country? <laughs> Like, I think one third of this country, like weed is just legal, period. And probably in two thirds, if not more, it's legal for medical purposes, right? Yeah. So this is this is something I think the Olympic Committee and, and the regulating bodies, you know, for the Olympics are gonna have to catch up with the times, and especially when it comes to, to, to weed and marijuana, right? Like, it's, it's, it's changing. And how we approach it and how we think about it is changing. And I think Shikari just got caught in the middle of that. 
right? Um, I do like the point that she, you know, she just said like, I, I knew what I did and um, I, I made that decision and I got to live with it and I'm, I'm going to live with it and kind of move forward in a sense. So I like that, but we really do need to be kind of thinking about, you know, is this where we want to be when it comes to, to weed and marijuana? So for me, sorry about that. I could not unmute myself. T Petty. That was that bullshit. Mm. Her mother died with whom she had a very complicated relationship just a week prior to the Olympic trials. And she smoked weed. It's people that's falling apart, shooting up heroin over way less uh, traumatic events in their lives than that. And since when, when is weed a performance enhancing drug? That don't speed you up. It ain't like she took meth. Give me a fucking break. All these people in this country, primarily white, who are now making millions of dollars off of weed, and you gonna kick this girl or uh, not offer her the opportunity to compete in the Olympics because she smoked a joint after her mother died. Um, so first of all, kudos to that young lady and all that she has accomplished in her 19 years of life, number one. Number two, kudos to her for when, when it came out, she immediately- um, Wait, t Pat, is she 19? She's 19, she 19 years old. I didn't know yes. she was that She's young. She's a teenager, a baby. That's a teenager, technically. Yes. She's wow. a baby. Your brain ain't even done cooking until you're 25 or so. Um, but she gave, she immediately came out and said, um, I'm human. I made a mistake. She didn't try to make excuses. She said what she did and, and took accountability for it. Um, so kudos to her for her very mature response. And I think it's a shame to deprive her of this opportunity and the world of the opportunity of seeing her her brilliance and her talent at this point for smoking weed is fucking ridiculous and fuck the olympic uh the people making a selection for the relay team are you joking why wouldn't you want her to be your anchor leg or your anchor leg ridiculous yeah yeah, yeah. that that was a stunner it's like okay that's fine she may or may not be on the 100 you know the um 100 meter uh, dash uh, team. That's fine. Um, I still had held out a little bit of hope that she would have uh, been able to uh, qualify and been part of that team. But then for the coaches of the four by 100 meter relay to leave her off the team for whatever reason, like here, here's the example. The I of the people that can be on this team is the world's fastest woman. And you're going to leave her off the team. Well, that that that's that's going that's going to be on you. That's just stupid. That that is one of the most. I, I know you better. I know you better win at the Olympics, because <laughs> if you lose, that's going to be the reason right there. It ain't it ain't no rocket science. Yeah. You better yeah. win. Ridiculous. Then put, then put yourself in a uh, put yourself in a uh, corner. So absolutely, it's just um, I don't know. It's unfathomable. But there's still a little bit of time. We're taping this on the seventh of July. Still 20 days before her scheduled events uh, plan to come up. So we'll see how this goes. But um, yeah. Wait, so so Nook, she got suspended for 30 days. So that would 30. miss the um, the that thing and it, and it negates the trials too, right? That is so correct. That's the, that's that's the thing that kind of prevents her. Yeah, yeah. Um, everybody's waiting on this thing, including President Biden, who said rules are rules. I mean, I guess you would expect him to say that. But yeah. Um, you know, we'll we'll see what happens with Shakari. And uh, again, your boy has just been this uh, eternal optimist these last couple of months. Like, eh, maybe something might work out. So um, we'll we'll see what happens, and we'll we'll keep this together. Um, T. Patty, well, we've left the biggest sports story in the world for the last story on this episode. Okay. We yes, we did. About? Let Let's break this down, and then um, I'm gonna let you fly with this. Okay. Rachel Nichols. Oh, this motherfucker. Okay, sorry. <laughs> Rachel Nichols, NBA sports reporter for ESPN. A New York Times story, investigative story, very well put together, by the way, included audio of Rachel Nichols 
saying that Maria Taylor, who um, is black and is also the NBA studio host um, and is also a uh, NCAA reporter and studio host for ESPN, that um, Rachel Nichols was upset that, quote unquote, her assignments uh, have been taken away by Maria because of uh, diversity. And uh, Rachel Nichols was also heard on tape laughing with an advisor to LeBron James um, about mm, ESPN's mm, diversity, uh, so on and so forth. Um, this, this, this story just stinks to high heaven. It's not only a diversity about people of color versus non-people of color, but it's also about um, diversity in sports in terms of women and on-air personalities uh, are concerned. So um, bottom line, ESPN, uh, no matter how you look at this, came out and appeared to be the bad guy. Um, they, uh, did not let, uh, they did not let Rachel Nichols be the sideline reporter. They took those duties away from her of the sideline reporter, which uh, opened up a spot for my girl Malika Andrews, who did mad work in the bubble and is a basketball junkies. Excellent, excellent reporter. She's going to do big things in this business. And then I watched game one of the finals last night. And listen, it was like opening a Christmas on pre a present on Christmas. <laughs> the way Maria Taylor threw it over to Malika Andrews. It was like she was just like anticipating opening like a big Barbie doll house with like a million dollars in a box on Christmas yeah. morning. It was professional, but it was like, it wasn't petty at all. It just was like, this is my girl. Over to you, Malika. So nice. um, we have that. Uh, T. Petty, I think I dissected the story okay, but I mean, damn, it's just been day after day after day just grinding, and it was right between the end of the um, conference finals in the East uh, prior to the finals, and this just thing just went just haywire, and it just stinks to high heaven all the way around. Please assess. So when I, you know your girl been working crazy hours, but I took the time out to, to pay attention to this bullshit. So Rachel Nichols did the typical entitled white woman bullshit move where obviously if an assignment or a promotion or whatever goes to somebody that's not them, it's because the opportunity was taken away from her and given to this less deserving black person. That's, that's what she was saying, right? It couldn't be that Maria Taylor earned it because she knows her shit and she's better at that fucking job than you, Rachel. Um, it couldn't be that maybe you just ain't cutting it, Rachel. No, it had to be because ESPN needed to um, increase their diversity, right? So she literally said that. Like, if you need, you know, good for her, but but take something away from me, right? Like, ugh, just nauseating. So there was that angle. And of course there was that, cause she pretends like she's an ally, right? She's always mm. in our culture, fucking our men, doing all of that. But deep down inside, we're not good enough, right? So there's that. Then she came out and gave a typical bullshit apology which i didn't even bother to listen to don't be sorry be careful it was Keep weak as hell shit. weak as hell of course it was mm. um and then an advisor to lebron james of all people mm. you gonna get caught on tape first of all you feel that way but you're working with lebron james mm. we're surrounded by the treachery right mm. um and I think it is notable to call out the fact that out of that whole episode, you know who got in trouble? The person who sent the recording to Maria Taylor. Fired. A, a black woman. Mm. He got fired. But Rachel Nichols' long face ass is still on the TV every day. No repercussions. And this happened a year ago. And we're just now hearing about it. Mm. Fuck her. Fuck ESPN for handling this all wrong. Kudos to Maria Taylor. Mm -hmm. Totally mishandled, T. Petty. Um, again, completely. Uh, but they should not. Typical. They should not have given Rachel Nichols a platform to apologize 
and then they sort of put Kendrick Perkins and Richard Jefferson on the spot. That's like, um, remember, I'm going to get to you in two seconds, uh, Drees. Remember when Kanye was on the telethon and he was like, George Bush does not care about black people. And then Mike Myers was like, yes, like a deer in the head. Like, what? What did you say? Mike Myers was shook. Yeah, he was shook. It. That was one of the best things that ever happened on TV. Exactly. That's like exactly what happened uh, as far as uh, Rachel Nichols' apology is concerned. Well, Drees, there's lots to dissect there. Um, take one or several angles of this. This is this is just bizarre, just bizarre all the way around. All right, I'm, I'm going to take one angle on this, right? And T. Petty said this, it's typical. I bet every Black person you talk to got a story like this at their job right now. Right now. It, that, that's what it is. And that's how it goes down like that, right? There is this looming fear that somehow people of color are going to come in and take what you worked so hard for and kind of be given it, right? Um, just because they're people of color, right? And that's the narrative that people are playing over and over again in their heads to justify the anger and the resentment and, right, and the pushback against it. And so I, I, I know that a lot of people of color have a story like this. So T. Petty's right. It's, it's typical. It's, it's not like it is um, is, is something that is unusual or doesn't happen. It happens to everyday folks. And we just happen to see it because it's ESPN and it was recorded and they record stuff there and they can share it and send it around the world and send it to whoever. Um, but that's, that's how we saw it. Right. But it happens each and every day in all kind of industries and in all types of um, offices, all types of jobs, everything. So so that's it. It's typical. Um, yeah, this thing, again, stinks to high heaven. Um, one of the angles in the stories that I read is that Rachel Nichols is a niece or related in some way, shape or form to Diane Sawyer, formerly of ABC News. And the author talked about could nepotism have played a role in Rachel Nichols getting her role with ESPN, ABC and ESPN owned by Disney. Something uh, for folks to think about. Also, T. Petty hinted at it a little bit. There's also been a internet rumor that folks will not let go that some type of entanglement may or may not have happened with a player who went to the NBA finals last entanglement. year. Entanglement. Go ahead and say the name. <laughs> <laughs> the internet is out here saying that so there was a complaint against Jimmy allegedly a complaint against Jimmy Butler of the Miami Heat that a ball was bouncing in his room. Security guard came and checked it out. And what the internet is zeroing in on is that there was uh, an affair, some type of entanglement, a tryst, if you have, allegedly, between Jimmy Butler and Rachel Nichols. Then if you go back and look at the interviews between Jimmy Butler in the bubble last year and Rachel Nichols, um, they're very, very chummy. I'll leave that to others to decide. That may be one of the ways that you interpret it. So Rachel Nichols could wind up losing her job and her husband and her marriage all in one fell swoop while you ha 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 and a he 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 and on the mic talking about Maria Taylor. So be careful what you wish for because sometimes you, you just might get it. I mean, hey, um, th this is this. This is just this is like corporation versus woman, corporation versus person of color. It, just ESPN does not come off bad. And then their reorganization when they was losing money, especially during the pandemic, and a lot of talent of color who have left over, you know, 10, 20 years, but more recently, you know, it's just people are coming back and saying this is how ESPN do. So it's going to be uh, very interesting once the NBA finals are over and to see how this all plays out. People are also saying that Rachel Nichols got on NFL coverage and some other assignments that she got that some folks say that she um, leapfrogged over people and didn't deserve those assignments. So 
it's a it's a bad look all, all the way around. But uh, it's I, I, I do want to say this too. Like if you think about like sports, right? It's a lot of people of color, right, who are in sports, who are who kind of make up that industry, right? And just the 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 thing that you don't have people of color covering people of color, right? Like that that's just you know it's just mind boggling. So even if, if if that was the case, what is wrong with that? With saying like we want to have people of color co- covering people of color and their, their perspective, right? So it's it's it's, it's almost like um, you know, it's this catch twenty two of it, right? Where is you know, you should be able to say like yes, I think having different perspectives and diversity is important for what we do. And yes, the reason why we're um, advancing more folks of color to cover folks of color who are playing because that's the right thing to do. Yeah, I couldn't unmute myself. I don't know what the hell's going on in my computer. This is just, <laughs> you all right, bro? Yeah, yeah, I'm fine. <laughs> yeah, this is just um, very, very strange. You know, like... Um, uh, this is just a, a weird ass story. So we'll see uh, how this plays out. Uh, Dries, I'm going to go to you. A final thought, shout out, or a prediction. All right. So so for this one, I'm actually going to go with um, with the, with a shout out. Um, actually, I I want to make this a personal one. So I want to give a shout out to to my wife and to my kids. Um, thank you so much for like this past week. I know like. Nook and T-Pay, I was out of it, like mentally. Like this, this move kind of took me out of it. But my family was there to kind of support me. And I was like, y'all, I'm struggling right now. And they was able to kind of rally around me and support me. So I want to give a shout out to my family. Thank you for all that you, you do um, to support me and support our move. So I love y'all. That's what's up. That's, uh, that's grand. That that's is what's, what's up. up. I love that. And that means that... Uh, as a thank you, your wife can come hang with her girl and you won't bother her for, for a while. So yeah, yes, I'll be making those can. arrangements she, soon. She can. I'll, I'll even send y'all some drink. Oh, <laughs> look at God. All right, now. That's what I'm yeah. talking about. That's what I'll go, Drees. Uh, my shout out this week is to Black women. We've talked about Black women and excellence throughout this podcast. So Maria Taylor, um, Oh God, her name went right out of my head. What's her name, Nikki? Malika. Malika Andrews. Malika Andrews. Uh, sorry, Sister Andrews. Um, Shakari Richardson, Nicole Hannah Jones. Um, black excellence all around from women. So shout out to black women because we hold it down in the face of all the bullshit, all of it. Um, we get tired of doing that though. So we would appreciate if everybody else would get their shit together. But in the meantime, in between time, kudos to black women. That's what's up. Uh, I'm going to go, I'm going to double down on what I said earlier. I'm going to go with a prediction to say that Shakari Richardson will make at least one of her events for the Tokyo Olympics. I think that the tide is turning in America uh, as far as marijuana is concerned. And I think if she has one clean test, I think the tides could turn and that she will run it run in at least one race in the Olympics. So we'll we'll uh continue to monitor that, see what happens. I like that prediction, though. I yeah, like that prediction. Yeah. So I want, I want to be out uh ahead of the curve uh, on this one. So uh we'll see what happens. Well, listen, that just about wraps it up for us. Thank you for riding with us. Listen now, this is summer and we're getting back to our lives. So we'll be having more pods here and there, uh, but we want you to continue to ride with us. You can download us and have us uh, in, um, uh, you know, we could run with you as far as your road trips is concerned. We want you to now follow us on Apple Podcasts and then on all other formats, download, subscribe, rate, and review. Follow us on Apple Podcasts, download, subscribe, rate, and review. Okay, y'all want to hear a secret? Okay. This is for the listeners and then this is for you, T. Petty and Drees. Okay. What is it? What is it? Okay, what listen, it? listen, listen. Listeners, T. Petty, Drees and me 
we've been having an affair. An affair with the country of France, a month solid straight. Wee wee, wee wee, wee wee. In the top 250 in France. They don't break up with us. For the improv categories. Every day we get an email for the last month. I don't know who's listening to us because we in English and I've been sending out tweets in French with Google Translate. We have been rolling a month straight, having an affair with our people out there in France. So we want to say what's up. We know you're watching Euro 2. There it is. Um, what what does that mean? Yard. Do you, you speak know French? Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, oh, Lord, don't do that. Don't break up with us, y'all. Please don't. I guess that croissant is all that stuff oh for y'all. We really cognac the whole night. We really appreciate it, though. So, um, we, champagne, exactly. So we've been, um, you know, getting um, tweets here and there and follows from France. So uh, for all of Europe, we want to say thank y'all. We appreciate y'all. And uh, we hope our summertime love affair with our French listeners continues, as well as uh, our folks uh, here stateside. But yeah, we've been having an affair with France, y'all. Y'all didn't know that. That's what's up. That's what's up. All right. Well, listen, we are out of here until next time. Um, we are getting close to our 50th episode. Also, uh, we want y'all to be. That's right. That's, yeah. Yeah. That's going to be something. So uh, y'all need to be on the lookout for that. And also uh, after party number 11 should be streaming soon. So remember, follow us on Apple Podcasts. Download, subscribe, rate and review. Download, subscribe, rate, and review, and follow us on Apple Podcasts. And uh, don't forget to share uh, the Digital Gumbo Podcast with your family and friends this summer. Barbecues and all nine years. Y'all good? I'm good. All right, until next time, we'll see y'all. Peace. Take Bye, care. Y'all. Peace. Peace. Peace.